Hello, everyone, and welcome to Platonic Life Mates Podcast. My name is Melissa. And my name is Whitney. I forgot for a second what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) And my name is Reed's Note Page Whitney. (laughs) I literally did. I was like, what? Oh, so it's not for you guys, but it is for Whitney and I. It is Happy Cinco de Mayo Eve. Oh, yeah. You know what? It's tomorrow is Cinco de Mayo, and it's also Taco Tuesday. And it's like the perfect Cinco de Mayo day. Also, one of my good friend's birthday is on Cinco de Mayo. But Corona was like, nah. Mm-mm. You don't get not Taco happening. Tuesday, Cinco de Mayo. Ooh, I want a margarita really bad. I always want a margarita <sighs> really bad. That makes me think I have a drinking problem, which I don't. I mean, I... just sounds good. Just Arguably, I don't have an uh, I'm not judging. I, whatever. I don't have a drinking problem. That's <laughs> not what people with drinking problems say. That's why I kind of felt like, well, I feel like I'm trying to justify it. But I don't. I, don't I really don't. <laughs> I don't have to drink. I just want to. I know. It's fine. I will, but I will say, like, when I open a bottle of wine, like, 75% of the time I'm going to finish the bottle of wine. Just because, oh, I mean... God. Honestly, like a bottle of wine is only like two big glasses of wine. It's not that much. I it's not like like finishing a bottle of Tito's. I have a headache and a stomach ache just thinking about drinking wine. I can't do it. I can't do it. Mm. I don't get a stomach ache unless it's like gross ass sweet like ice wines or dessert wines or anything like that. Moscatos. I do like Riesling, you know, in the right context but like moscato and stuff like that are a hard pass for no for me for no no. i guess i'll like i'll I'll like when i say like riesling i'll like substitute riesling in the place of where i would put like um champagne so like i'll make like mimosa with riesling i guess you know not like no i don't drink a bottle of riesling (laughs) Mm. I'm passing all of it. I can't do it. I think I'm thinking of Prosecco. I don't know what I'm thinking about. Yeah, actually. Prosecco. I think I'm thinking of Prosecco, not Riesling. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Riesling and a mimosa, that sounds disgusting. No, You're yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Prosecco. You're a trash it's person. Been and a you long should day. be shamed. <laughs> Riesling and a mimosa. That's what not kind the of only reason I'm a trash person. person. Oh. Hell, hell person. I'm sure, I'm sure someone has put some orange juice in some Riesling. I uh I used to have uh I don't want to want to like be specific because it calls it out. I used to know a person who would mix diet coke with red wine. I don't know what type of red wine, but I just remember like being a younger, a very young kid and being like, oh, that's what grownups do. And then like getting older and remembering that and being like, that's fucking disgusting. That's nasty. <laughs> that is a trash person. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. Ew. Why? I don't know. But I thought, like, when I was, like, a little kid, I thought that was normal. Apparently, I was incorrect. Oh. Not as incorrect as that person. Okay. Well. Ew. That. Oh. (laughs) You're going to get a shitty hangover and cavities and a stomachache. Congratulations. And be addicted to weird-ass sugar. Yeah. Ew. Gross. Because Diet Coke, even. That's disgusting. (gasps) Speaking of Coke... This is a good parlay into my next thing that I learned recently that I, when I learned, I was like, I got to tell Whitney this. So I was told or read somewhere, I don't remember, but you know how um, McDonald's has the best, uh, inarguably the best Coke 
there is. Yes, it is the best. So I read or told, I don't remember, that the reason theirs is so much better is because McDonald's pays more to have, like, their machines and their, like, specifically calibrated by Coca-Cola company, where other people just mix the syrup and the carbonation on their own. Like, McDonald's pays to have that specific, like, formula of which to which ratio. Hmm. So that that is why, supposedly. I'm going to need a... Uh, an APA formatted resource for that. So I have not read an APA that. format since like <laughs> first undergrad days. I think I got through my second undergrad without having to write APA. And actually, I think in my second undergrad, I wrote something in APA format and got it back. And it was like you know, like stuff. I had like my sizes, my sizes, my site sorted, like sourced. I cannot talk. What? What's wrong? I'm not drunk. I haven't had a drink in days. Are you, um, are you having a stroke? <laughs> probably. I my sources cited even like uh, note footnotes and everything, and it was like this is da da da, and I was like, this is what you asked for. Maybe you should ask for specifically what you want, because eleventh grade AP English taught me how to write a paper <laughs> very well, but this is what she wanted. That's fine. How do we get to this topic? I don't know. Coca-Cola and, I... and wine. Oh, gross. Okay. Moving on from that. Ugh. Well, today we're going to talk about April Book Club. We know it's a couple days late, but April was it's... a shit month, and so everything's a little late. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so for April, we read The Silent Patient by, I forget the author. Alex Michaelides? Yes, that sounds right. Ish. Sorry, Alex. We don't. And Alex is a dude. Yeah, Alex is a dude. Well, I should. We shouldn't assume gender, but he presents male. Yes, presents very much male. Did I I say that correctly? So that is what we read, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So there you go. It was a psychological thriller. What I felt like was a good pandemic read, right? You wanted something yeah. that was very, um, like... Yes and no. So, <laughs> great pandemic read, quick read, like, very interesting. Oh, like, yeah. you always want to, like, you're like, one more chapter, one more chapter, one more chapter. But also, as a delicate, tiny little helpless female who lives alone, it makes you go, okay. <laughs> I know. I've been on a kick. I read this, and then I've I read. Um, oh, I think I sent it. Did I send it to you? The, the book Verity. Yes. Well, you didn't. Say, you just told me about it. Yeah. You didn't send me anything. I uh, oh, I thought I sent you like a a thing just, from like Amazon. I, um, so. I read that in like twenty four hours. Wow. That book was like intense. You were like, "What the fuck is happening?" So that was good. I just but this is that. I really enjoy. I I love psychological thrillers because I like to like be. I like to scare myself a little bit, but I don't like even like like movies. I like psychological thrillers. I don't like like blood guts and gore or mm. anything like that. As far as like scary movies, I like creepy esque movies. And like I'll um I'll go down like rabbit holes of reading like reddits and stuff where like people have stalk like you know there's like a a whole subreddit of like people who have like real life stalking and stuff like that and i love to read those but like i work myself up sometimes to where like i'm super paranoid because you read enough and all of a sudden you're gonna start feeling that and i have to be very selective because i used to do it all the time but like 
I'd be reading them in my dark house and my six foot six husband's laying in bed next to me. You know what I mean? So like you just scoot over, you lay against him, you feel safe. Now it's like, oh shit. Like if someone breaks into my house, like I'm in charge <laughs> and that's scary. Yes. So, but no, like I, I like these, but it's just like, it does like work me up a little bit. Yeah, but in a good I'll, way, like I like that little edge of being scared, but sometimes you go too far and you're just like can't sleep. And every, far. every time, you know, you hear a dog barking, you're like, they're breaking into my house. <laughs> well, I read Verity after this and now I'm reading You Are Not Alone. So I'm like reading three in a row. I'm probably going to take a break. You are not after, alone. Uh, after yeah. those three. But they've all been very good. They're all different, but they've all been very enjoyable. So yeah. you need to read like you're gonna have to read like a Regency novel next, like just yeah, like a I fluffy cotton candy love story now. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna read something real like light and fluffy after yeah. this. That's but... like when I get like I work myself up reading scary stuff, either like books or Reddit. Before I before I fall asleep, I have to like turn on the TV or on my phone, like watch like some like Jenna Marbles YouTube or something, just like comedy laugh, like just to kind of get the like the 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 scary stuff out of your brain for a little bit, so you can relax and go to sleep. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to. I'm gonna have to do a uh, yeah Regency romance cleanse or something. Yeah, I'm just like okay, I'm going down a rabbit hole, of crazy people. I'm gonna have to. Oh, you really so wash uh, this out. So one of, actually, you know what you should read is so it's one actually one of the books we talked about a couple weeks ago when we were talking about books. It's um it's the gift of fear and it's like talks about like uh like when you feel like something is off in a situation like it probably is and like how to recognize those things that book will really creep you out too it'll really make you tune into like your beliefs on why you're freaked oh, out and yeah. scared so okay. actually maybe it's not the best one to read after all these but i really would read it because it's it does like make you feel a little bit safer but it also makes you always feel unsafe because then you feel like every time i feel a little weird something is really wrong something's wrong someone's gonna murder me um Maybe I'll maybe I'll take one like fluffy book break in between. Okay. So yeah, that's all I've done. I've just been reading psychological thrillers because I don't know. I have I've I'm finally like this week is like the first week in like Jesus I would say like three and a half almost four almost a month of either I know this is gonna sound really dark of either being by someone's deathbed or planning someone's funeral or putting funeral planning on hold to plan a different funeral so i feel like finally like this week is like kind of like get to actually mourn a little bit not be so busy yeah so yeah i've been it's been a weird month so i'm ready for i'm ready for may it's got to be better than april it can't be i mean it can always be worse but i don't want to say that can it be worse? I mean, I don't need the universe to prove. It. I mean, because the universe has got a lot of shit out there to fuck with all of us right now. So I don't want to challenge her to a duel right now by saying it can't be worse. Because <laughs> she'll be like, "Hold my beer, bitch! I got you." Yeah, she seems a little feisty lately. <laughs> um. Oh, and then I, I told you this that I have two books, two copies of Kate Edder. I forget her last name now uh two copies Everlyn. of the yep of the her second book i have them on the way to us from the uk i was i was no Yay. longer patient because i originally I love i know i thought you were you cracked uh, well, me up i uh, you know uh, well i had one ordered from amazon canada and it was shipping here but then amazon canceled it oh <gasps> 
Rude, Amazon. Because the book's not available in the U.S. I was like, I'll just order it through UK or Amazon Canada. They were like, no, bitch, you can't have it. I wasn't ordering, like, some type of, like, painkiller that's available. medication. Yeah. yeah. Or, like, something that's illegal in the U.S. Like, I mean, far-reaching, but, I mean, we got a lot of crazy shit going on. Maybe books are going to be illegal in the U.S. eventually. But still, it's not illegal yet for me to have that damn book. Well. Not until this place turns into Gilead and this is The Handmaid's Tale. So you still got time. I know. Uh, Lulu and I are packing. Wally, we're packing a bag and uh, we're heading up north. We're going to go find some Canadian cousins up there. (laughs) All right. I think I have Canadian. I have Canadian relatives. So Uh, I speak enough French to probably fake it in Quebec. So there you go. We'll figure it. We got the whole passport thing, Lulu. That's the issue. Yeah, got to get around that. Yeah. I'm not real good at, like, making false documents, but, you know, enough money will buy you anything, probably. Probably. <laughs> we got on a I'm weird, sure. we got a weird ride. I don't here. know. It's been a weird day. I'm so tired. It's been a long day, <laughs> and I don't know what I'm even talking about. Uh, do you have any, do you have any else, anything else you want to cover for the week before we, we jump no. into <laughs> psychological thrillers, which seems fitting. It does. I enjoyed this. This was a this was a fun book. It was good. You don't have any uh, uh, COVID uh, crap to get off your chest or anything. Mm-mm. I did get masks. I did order some masks. Now that oh, yeah. we are going to travel around more, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to introduce these to the kids because I want them to like be comfortable in them. Yeah. yeah. So they came, and I put them on. And I was like, oh, here, guys, and I got the kind that you tie. Oh yeah, um, and just because that way I can tie it to their tiny little heads, because mm-hmm. um, you can't find kid masks; they're really hard. So I was like, uh, "Well, I'm gonna get these. It'll kind of fit all of us, and I'll just tie it." Um, gotcha. So they came in, and I got them in like blues, fun colors, and uh, they were like, "Ooh!" And I was like, "Well, these are gonna be our our ninja masks, all right? Okay. Our PJ masks, our ninja masks." So Lorelai's all about it. She's like, "Oh, for the virus and stuff." I'm like, "Yeah, but let's put them on. You guys can play a little." And Everett, if his big sister did it, he's down for it. Gotcha. They put him on, and then they wouldn't take him off. <laughs> I was like, okay, we may have created a monster. Introduced you too well to like she wanted to do her schoolwork in it. She's like, can I keep my mask on? I was like, mm, no, we need <laughs> we need to take this off for a yeah, while. You like really need it too, like. Yeah, I was just like, oh, Lord. And then they went and put them back on later in the day. They were, I was, but it was cute. They looked cute in them. They were like, we're ninja doctors. I'm like, okay. She was like, are these the same mess doctors wear? And I was like, sure. Yeah. Today they are. Um, I have, I have some slight COVID crap. I want to, I want to discuss. Okay. A correlation that I, I'm kind of having a problem with a little bit. And that is, uh, first of all. I don't have, I really don't have an issue with the the idea of people protesting. Like that's your right. Like you're an American. We live in a free country, a free quote country. That's fine. I don't have a problem with it. I find things interesting that people in Michigan are protesting their female governor and people in Ohio are not protesting their governor. They're protesting the female doctor who the governor appointed. And I I mean it could be unrelated but I just think there's some like some sexist issues there and on the fact of like and I live in Columbus so or I live in central Ohio and so like we hear a little bit different about it but you know she lives 
in Columbus. She's in Bexley. And over the weekend, there are like people on her lawn protesting with guns and rifles. They were armed. And part of their chant was peaceful for now. Nonviolence for now. For now. Like this is her, like this is the house where her kids live. So much so. And then like, when like that when like that got shut down they moved on to like other fam- like other houses where her family live and i'm okay like i think it's okay to protest i think it is um i, I might not agree with you but i agree with your right to protest but showing up with guns for something that isn't like a second amendment protest and saying non-violence for now for now is fucking scary and like you are part of the problem when that when when it's that point because let's look at michigan where a security guide guard got shot for doing his job when a store you know rule was you know patrons of the store have to wear masks he told a lady that she needed to wear a mask on she got upset left came back with her husband and son and they killed the security guard and then you're going to protest in bexley about nonviolence for now like that's a threat in my opinion and that's a problem oh yeah yeah you shouldn't be able to protest at someone's house like that's no. insane and like i will say like agree or disagree with um uh dewine but like some of the things that he said recently in like press conferences like really make you respect him as a person as a leader because we don't see that a lot and especially like in like current times within like federal government as like leaders taking responsibility and you know he said like it's not okay to like to be doing that like if you want to protest if you have like beef like you can have it with me he's like i'm the elected official i'm the one you can be mad at i'm the one you can protest but not the people that i appoint they're doing what i tell them to do and i just was like it was refreshing to hear like a leader a republican leader stand up and take responsibility and say like yeah you can protest but i'm the one you should be protesting i'm the one that made these decisions i'm the one you can be mad at i I just don't know it hit differently yeah, I I don't know. These you can definitely protest, it's your right and stuff, yeah. but these people are just It's I mean, and they're protesting at the state capitol, do it at these public places, but not don't at go people's, to people's house. homes. That's There's just no uncalled reason. for and it's intimidation. It, you know, that's all it is. Yeah. You know, it's non-violence for now at a female's house where her children are. You are trying to intimidate. You're intim- that's intimidation. That's not a protest. It's, in- it's intimidation. Yeah, because if, if the, the rules were reversed and people were showing up at those people's houses, they'd be like the first ones to be like, you know. They're at my house with guns. I have a right to shoot them. Exactly. I so. mean, let's, and I know people have made this correlation before, but I mean, I think it needs to like be like shouted more like let's go back a couple years to uh uh first nations people protesting without guns peacefully and being tear gassed and shot with rubber bullets mm-hmm. and they were protesting without guns peacefully so i think i think protesters while i'm fine with them protesting state capitol and press conference that's fine but like understand that you are coming from a place of huge privilege that you're not being shot at right now dum-dums with your guns exactly Mm -hmm. well and that's the thing too you see everywhere it's just like yeah you're getting away with this because you're because you're white you're white people with your dumb and if that i'm sure it's gonna bug people that i say that and that's fine because that's your right to be upset by that but if you go back and look 
Mm-hmm. It's mm. it would be hard then to explain the difference, right? Yeah, there I have know. been a lot of peaceful protests of people of minorities who have been treated egregiously. Yeah. And then you have these white people who show up with guns who and the guns have nothing to do with what's going on right. at all this isn't a second amendment protest okay. this this is it's just it's just it's just you're, intimidation. you're just showing up because you want to show up with it exactly and um you know and you're left alone and you're allowed to be there and and nothing happens and and so if you want to be like it has nothing to do with race you can say that that's fine but you would be hard then you're ignoring a lot of stuff like mm-hmm. then go back and look at a lot of yeah other right. people protests where people were not armed and look how they were treated and yeah what is the difference there what is right. the defining factor right. those were people and, of color right and i'm and i'm fine with disagreeing like i'm fine with like me or whoever believing that masks are essential or non-essential and i'm fine with those disagreements i really am but I'm not okay with you protesting with guns in someone's front yard saying nonviolence no. for now. There's just like no need for that. You don't need no. to be at anybody's at anybody's no. house. You can right. be in a public place. You could be like their government employees. You can be at a government building, a state building, fine. But you have no right to be at that person's house. I know. I eh. And I get like you know the the whole like especially here uh, the mask the whole mask thing I know uh, you know other states haven't mandated Ohio doesn't it's just strongly recommended and some people are people some people are, I hate to say this because I feel like I'm you know downgrading their concerns but some people are really butthurt over the fact that they're being asked to consider wearing a mask and the argument is like well if I have to give this up what other rights do I have to give up and it's like bitch. I'm sorry, but you are not protesting when you have to wear shoes and shirt to go into Walmart. You're not protesting that. And that's, it just is another, you know, cl- you know, covering. It's also like, I hate the argument of what other rights am I have to give up? Like that is not a viable a right. argument. It's just not, but it's not a viable argument. It's just not yeah. because let's, I mean, I know I'm reaching and I will admit that I'm reaching, but like your, your argument is stupid. So I'm going to reach, but let's look at like, oh, well, let's let, you know, people of color into uh white schools well if we let you know if we let blacks into schools what other things are we gonna have to give up if we let gay people get married then we're gonna have to let people marry their dog like it's your your you it's you having to give up rights is not an argument because you're not being asked to give up rights and even if you were but you're not but like that argument falls cold for me because it's you it's overused that's the i feel like that's a conservative go-to argument about everything well, I'll have to give up more rights if I have to. No, you're not. No one's asking you to give up rights. People are asking you to protect each other. And I get frustrated. How did we go from two weeks ago that people were like making masks out of hair ties and other things that they could find to help each other out? And we were supporting each other and we were excited and anything we could do to support nurses and doctors. And now we're like screaming at doctors and nurses at protests, telling them that, you know, they are, you know, they're liars or conspiracy instigators and all this other stuff. Like, I just, I don't know how we got to this point. And that, I, I, I hate it. I actually hate it. I have a belief that we are at this point because of how things were handled initially. I feel like we had to turn things around. I feel like 
a political party did not handle things correctly thing we were not prepared for things and that was blatantly obvious so now we have to spin it into well it wasn't that bad people were overreacted and well he wasn't prepared but it's your fault because you were trying to impeach him he couldn't prepare like it's just spin 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 and i think part of well we don't want to wear masks is more of that spin as in like it's not that bad i don't want to wear a mask i think it's just more spin i really believe that wholeheartedly yeah i yeah i just don't understand the 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 desire like the wholehearted hatred of having to wear a mask like it's not going to be a forever thing it's to keep you from getting sick and also to prevent you from spreading spreading germs because you may be asymptomatic a lot of people who get this never even have symptoms so it's to prevent you from spreading it to the other people who are more inclined to get sick. I just don't mm-hmm. understand. And someone commented to me today, and I mean, she's a very nice person. It. Like, I don't have it. Like, I don't. I don't feel negatively towards her at all. Like, she's a very nice person. But like her, her statement or argument towards that was like, well, some of us are, you know, you know, believe differently. Some of us believe that wearing masks is preventing us from building our immune systems. And I'm like, I can like, okay, I can see that argument. I can, I can get that. But then I, like, I think about, it, and again, she's a lovely person. She doesn't listen to this, but she is a lovely person. She's a sweet lady. But counteracting that like i can i can see the argument but also having that argument and believing that argument also means that you a non-medical professional know more than experts and doctors well exactly like and that's where like that's where everything kind of falls short for me like i can put myself in a place to like okay i disagree but i can see why you think that way but like when you turn it around not a medical professional and like a mask is also not 100 percent. like it's just it's keeping like like it's, it's basically like keeping droplets. It's keeping like exactly. ju- your sneeze juices and your cough juices from spreading. Yeah, that's all it is. These right. these are not. So you still may very well get it, mm-hmm. and you still could spread it. It's just to keep droplets and stuff from going everywhere, mm-hmm. and like it's not just about you. It's about you spreading it when you're and, and, out there, and then right. some sweet little old eighty year old gets it and dies. Well, and that's or started- some immune compromised thirty year old exactly. gets it, who's a mother of three year old and dies. Thank you, and that's the point I always make. That's it's what like, it's well, about. like if you're afraid, then you don't have to go out. Exactly. If you're afraid, but I'm like, then you, that okay again, that argument is coming from but a place of privilege. That's you, yeah. You are like Maybe you have, have someone else can go out. Yes, you are not. Uh, and I, I know I say this a lot, but it's just be it's the it's the environment that I am in. My friends I talk to, you like what about a a, a widowed mother of two who like she has to go out. She doesn't have yeah. someone to go out. She's single mom. She can't afford someone to go out and do it. She can't pay yeah. you know a grocery service to do it for her. Like, she has to go who out. Have to go out. Exactly. They're single. They live alone. They work a job that's essential. They like. I don't get you, it. Yeah, I just don't and like, get it. It's not just about you and your own singular health. Mm-hmm. Like it's about a much greater whole. And like it, your immunity to this is not going to build up by the, oh, I went to the grocery store and I got the immunity to it. Like, that's not, Alice, you're, so just wear your fucking mask so that you're not sneezing all over everything. Mm-hmm. It's not. And cut down the chances of spreading it. And 
And I don't know why you're so anti, like, I know, I know, I really don't understand. I don't either. And like a lot of times, like I can disagree with something, but I can usually like find a way to put myself into like, I get why someone might feel that way. But honestly, like I've tried, I've tried, I've asked questions and sometimes, sometimes those questions are met with hostility. Like, look at some of my, look at my Facebook feed. You'll see it. Um, and I'm, I'm coming, like, I'm coming from a place of, like, genuinely curiosity. Like, no matter how much I try to express, like, hey, I, I'm genuinely asking this question. I'm not being flippant. I still get met with hostility. And so that tells me a lot, too, honestly. Um, I can't put myself in a place to understand the other side yet. You know, there are issues that I, I can, like, I, I, I'm a hundred percent tried and true, like pro-choice person. Um, and, but I can put myself in a place to understand why people are, uh, pro-life. I disagree, but I, I can, I can put myself in a place to kind of get where they're coming from. Those type of people, I honestly want to sit down and talk with them about like how honest to goodness, progressive policies actually will prevent more abortions than, uh, religious conservative policies if they're willing to listen. Um, cause I think, I think if you really understood the big picture, you might change your mind. Um, but this is, this is something like, you know, people who have a problem with, uh, uh, marriage equality, I don't, or like gay rights. I can't put myself in a place where I'm, where, where I can justify like having something against someone who's gay and having like a moral obligation to tell them that they're going to hell. I can't put myself in a place to understand where that side is coming from. That's kind of how I feel about this. I cannot relate. I can't understand where they're coming from yet. And as much as I ask, when I ask, it's met with hostility. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, it says it a lot, is. though. Anyway, that was not the topic. That apparently, maybe that was my beef of the week. Beef of the month. I don't know. It's been a while. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Lorelai came in to say goodnight. Okay. Good night, Lorelai. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I don't... I don't understand it. I don't understand the hostility and anger towards it. But I'm, but I'm willing to listen. Like if I, I want to know, like I, I want to know. And I think that's the difference with some people. Sometimes people, I'm not saying I want to have my mind changed, but I'm open to someone giving me information to change my mind. Well, and it's like, but you got to come from, you can't come from a place of hostility and scream at me either. Like that's going to shut all the shit down because you just sound uneducated and you sound like a person who just isn't getting their way and you're upset. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't understand. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. Let's talk about this book. All right. So The Silent Patient by Alex whatever. Blah, 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 blah. I can't remember his last name. This uh, well, it's like Michael I-D-E-S. So I have like a Michael I-D-E-S. Michael I-D-E-S. Michael I-D-E-S. Yes, yes. <laughs> it sounds like a religion like they're like you know the founder is named michael and we're all michaelides of, uh, of michael his Ides. of his religion um oh uh, what am i saying i don't know did you like um the i did you too okay I did, I did uh real quick before you go down this i just i want to make sure people know that there are spoilers so if you well, haven't yeah. read the book and you want to read this book uh listen to us later but if you yeah. just are interested keep listening so i'm going to read a i'm going to read a summary here guys give me a minute okay so the the novel uh, just so you know the novel opens up and it takes place in kind of two time frames so it takes place like current day 
with a narrator and then it jumps to six years in the past through um, the main female character's diary. So just a heads up. All right, so the novel begins with the first entry from a diary of uh, Alicia Berenson. She's a very successful painter who lives in London with her husband, Gabriel, who's a photographer. So she professes her love for her husband, Gabriel, as well as her desire to please him by writing in the diary to figure out her emotions. And she promises that she will only write normal things. So then we jump six years later. Uh, currently, an unknown narrator shares that Alicia killed her husband, Gabriel, six years prior. And the reasons are unknown to everyone. When she was found in her house with the gun, she refused to speak to anyone and tried to kill herself. From then on, she never said anything to anyone and only painted a single painting of herself naked in her studio with the word Alestius below it. The media tried to figure out her motive as she was found guilty of the murder by reason of insanity and sentenced to reside in an institution called The Grove. Six years later, our narrator is still fascinated by her story and decides to apply for a job at The Grove to help her. And when then we learn the narrator's name is Theo Faber and he is a psychotherapist who suffered an abusive childhood and believes that he would be able to help Alicia. During their first therapy session, however, Theo is disappointed to see that Alicia is heavily medicated and unable to understand him. He tries to contact her brother-in-law, Max, who was her husband's brother, and her aunt Lydia, who she lived with, but both refuse to speak to him. After his workday, he meets up with his wife Kathy for dinner and we learn that both of them met while dating other people and cheated on their their respective partners with each other. They started dating and were married within a few months and see, bleh, I can't talk and Theo sees Kathy as the light of his life and feels that he's blessed with love that very few people ever experience. In another diary entry from Alicia six years prior she reveals that her mother's apparent suicide um, was uh, when she purposely slammed her car into a wall with Alicia inside the car. Alicia wonders if she was actually the real target, but she forces herself to stop writing about that and instead tries to convince her husband to let her paint a portrait of him as Jesus. Very interesting. <laughs> Very. Um, he eventually lets her do so. Uh, it leads to a little bit of argument and then some sexy times for everybody. Lucky them. Brown chicken, brown cow. Mm-hmm. Um, back at the Grove in current day, Theo asks for Alicia's medication to be reduced. And the head psychotherapist, Diomedes, agrees. Alicia's doctor, Christian, who Theo knows from a previous job and does not care for, is not happy that Theo talked to the head psychotherapist behind his back, but he lowers the dosage anyway. And during their next therapy session, at the end of it, Alicia actually attacks Theo. Theo is not deterred, and he actually sees this as an improvement because she's communicating some sort of emotion. That night after work, when Theo's home alone, smoking a little weed secretly, he accidentally discovers some very saucy emails that Kathy and a mysterious man have been sending to each other. And it's very clear that she is having an affair. He is crushed. He ends up walking around and um, winds up at his old therapist, Ruth's house. 
he explains what's happening and Ruth tells Theo he has to leave Kathy because Kathy is incapable of returning the same amount of love that he has for her. Theo takes her advice. He heads home and is resolved to confront Kathy about the affair. But when he gets home, he ends up changing his mind. Uh, later that week, Theo receives a call from Max, the brother-in-law, and he goes to visit him at his very fancy lawyer office. That's what they're called, lawyer offices. <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> Works for me. Max reveals that he was adopted and he adored his brother Gabriel. However, he says that he hates Alicia. For, he hates her for killing his brother. And he recommends that Theo should probably go talk to Jean-Felix, the manager of Alicia's gallery. On the way out, Max's wife secretly tells uh, Theo that he should talk to her cousin, Paul. Uh, then we shift back to Alicia's diary, where she and Gabriel are having a fight over a gun in the house. Alicia doesn't want it in the house, and Gabriel's very adamant that they should have it. It's a big to-do, but it kind of fizzles out. Alicia is very, uh, not controlled, but very in love with her husband and doesn't want to upset him. It's also revealed in this diary entry, when Max comes to dinner, that Max has at some point sexually assaulted Alicia. He also confesses an undying love for her, which was very gross and awkward. <laughs> However, Alicia believes that Max is just jealous of Gabriel uh, and she's too scared to tell him about the sexual assault because he adores his brother so much. Back at the Grove, Theo learns from Max that Alicia was treated by a private doctor after a suicide attempt when her father died. However, the head psychotherapist tells Theo to knock it off with all of this contacting her family because if they anger this very powerful lawyer like Max, chances are they'll get shut down. But Theo ignores this very helpful advice and contacts Paul, her cousin who she lived with. Paul agrees to see him, so he travels to her childhood home in Cambridge. And he talks to Paul a little while where she learns that her father, Vernon, also committed suicide when she was younger and that he was a pretty horrible person. She also had a horrible aunt, Lydia, Paul's mother, who was pretty abusive to Paul and her as well. He goes to the gallery uh, to meet Jean-Felix, however you pronounce it, Jean-Felix, I like to say it like that, <laughs> um, who is keeping all of Alicia's paintings in storage. And while he tells Theo that he loves Alicia and finds her artwork joyous, Theo also has a sneaking suspicion that he's actually in love with her. And uh, a diary entry right after this reveals that Alicia also felt the same and actually tried to leave his gallery, which led to a very big fight. Let's see. Theo then reads the story, Alcestis, um, the Greek tragedy that the painting she painted after she murdered her husband is named for. The story is a Greek tragedy about a woman named Alcestis who sacrifices herself for her husband and is saved by Hercules. But when she returns to life, she never speaks again, just like Alicia does after the murder of Gabriel. So Theo takes this information to the head psychotherapist and has a theory that at some point during her life, Alicia feels like she has died and they have to figure out when that was to help her move forward. He also recommends letting her have her own paint 
things so that she can paint on her own instead of doing the crappy art therapy at the Grove that everyone does. So uh, he goes back to the Grove and Alicia's old neighbor, Barbie, shows up, who sounds amazing. She drinks a lot and she's got fake nails. She sounds like a Barbie doll. It's great. Um, And she starts talking to Theo about how Alicia told her she had a stalker. But she never told Gabriel about it. And she never told the police. So Theo visits her at her house to learn a little bit more. And she even shows him a very blurry picture. It's a la Sasquatch spottings. <laughs> um, and so he starts asking about it. And Barbie says that she never told anybody except Barbie. Um, and she didn't think that her husband really would believe her. When he returns to the Grove, he finds out that Alicia stabbed another patient, which I found hilarious, <laughs> um, and that now she's been isolated, no more art therapy, and he's not allowed to see her for, for therapy anymore. So Alicia's journal, we jump back to that, and it reveals that, yes, Alicia definitely was being watched by some unknown man. However, everybody, she told, she did tell Gabriel, thinks that she's crazy. And she also told a doctor she was seeing, Dr. West, who also thought she was just being paranoid. So Dr. West tells her just to take some medication, which she doesn't do, uh, and that she's just, you know, having some psychosis. She's just being crazy pants. Um, but she keeps seeing this guy all over, in the backyard, across the, at the park, She's seeing him everywhere. Oh, so in her diary, she only pretends to take the pills and she believes the man is a threat to her. And in the last entry of her diary, she writes that the man is inside her house. So Elysium provides this journal to Theo and he reads all of this. And after reading the diary, Theo realizes that the Dr. West she was seeing is actually Christian, the turd doctor that he hates. Oh my goodness. So he confronts Theo because these were not sanctioned real therapy sessions and terrified that Theo will tell somebody about his secret meetings with Alicia since they were paid for under the table. He tells Theo, yes, this happened, but please don't tell people. He also tells him that Alicia is just delusional and paranoid and that the quote-unquote stalker was just part of her delusions. But Theo doesn't believe her. So he goes home. When he gets home, Kathy says she's got plans. He decides to follow her because he's like, you're cheating so-and-so, and and I'm going to figure this out. So he follows Kathy to a park, and sure enough, she meets up with her secret mystery man and they have sex in a park up against it sounds very uncomfortable let me tell you uh, it was not a sexy scene it found <laughs> very i was like this is awful i don't think park sex is ever like no no Mm-mm. it sounded very against you know. a tree like yeah. ow in a park, park. just no mm, bugs gross mm. homeless people smells yeah. just city people walking around no mm-hmm. But Theo sees this and he fantasizes about killing the guy. Because, of course, that's your natural inclination. Um, So, yeah. So, he continues to meet with Alicia. And she starts to talk. She's provided him with her journal. So, he's read everything about her. And now she's starting to talk to him. And eventually, she starts to talk to him about her life and her childhood. And then, after a few days, 
She tells him about the man who broke into her home, put a knife to her neck, and stole Gabriel's gun. She says that the man tied her up and talked nonstop until Gabriel came home. Then the man knocked Gabriel out, tied him up, and shot him in the head six times before leaving. However, Alicia's story does not match the police evidence, and both Theo and the psychotherapist in charge believe she's lying. So that night, Theo decides to follow Kathy's lover, and he intends to kill him. But when he follows him to his house, he sees a woman is standing in the dining room, and he changes his mind. He decides, I'm going to save the woman instead, and he comes up with a better plan. When he gets to work the next day, he learns that Alicia has overdosed and is in a coma. However, it is Theo that finds out that she actually has a prick on her wrist. So she did not overdose. She was injected with morphine by somebody. So they, he tells everyone about the diary that Alicia provided with him. lays out what had been happening to her. And they have to find this diary because so, it's proof that... They think Christian <gasps> injected her because now there is proof out there that he had been a doctor that was treating her under the table and he could lose his license. So they scour it. They can't find her journal anywhere. What are you going to do, right? So when Theo returns to the house um, of Kathy's lover, it is revealed that he followed this person every night, okay? Every night, and we think it's after work. But really, it was six years ago, and Theo was actually <gasps> Alicia's mysterious stalker. What? 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 Oh, my I've been waiting to do that. <laughs> so minutes before Alicia passes out, she writes one last entry in her journal, explaining everything. So she purposely told the wrong story. Because uh, she knew, cause she wasn't for certain if Theo was actually her stalker or not. So, yeah. So she reveals that she suspected that Theo was a stalker when he first came to the Grove. However, it wasn't until much later when she purposely told him the wrong story that she knew for certain. So she allowed him to inject, inject her with morphine because she understood guilt of her part of Gabriel's murder. However, she forces herself to stay awake to finally reveal what happened. Theo did tie both her and Gabriel up. However, when Alicia begged him not to kill Gabriel, Theo asked Gabriel if he should kill him or Alicia. When Gabriel picked Alicia to be killed, this is wrong, Theo fired the shots into the ceiling and pretended to have shot Alicia. However, this was the moment that Alicia broke mentally. This is when she felt Gabriel had killed her in the same way that her father had years ago. Unbeknownst to Theo at that time, when Theo left, Gabriel, Alicia grabbed the gun and shot Gabriel herself. So she really did kill him, but mm -hmm. you yeah, know. Later, as Theo and another doctor go through Alicia's possessions, uh, he reveals that he never intended for Alicia to actually kill Gabriel. He wanted her to see the truth so she would seek out a better life. And he says he would have done things differently if he had known about her past. He came to the Grove in part to absolve himself of any guilt, but also he truly wanted to help Alicia come to terms with what had happened. He is happy that he can visit her, even if it is in a coma, which is so fucked up. However, he's frustrated when he is unable to find the diary. 
As he leaves the Grove, he learns that the Grove is going to be shut down, and he's offered a position of the director of another hospital, which he happily agrees to take. He returns to his old family home, where he and his, his depressed wife, Kathy, move in a year prior. He tells the reader that he constantly has to pretend with her as she has not recovered from Gabriel's death, nor did she ever admit her infidelity. Then Inspector Allen, the police officer, who was inspecting Gabriel's death, arrives with the diary and begins reading Alicia's final entry. And Theo calmly accepts his fate. The end. Ugh, that was a long summary. It was. But it was good. It was thorough. It was. It was too thorough. But that's all right. So. So you like this, correct? I liked the book. Yeah. I thought it was a fun read. Um... But you said you didn't see the twist coming, correct? I did not. I am pretty good about reading books just to, like, read and enjoy them and not put much thought into, like, what's going to yeah. happen? What's going to happen? I knew there was a twist because... Well, yeah. Like, I just knew. Well, and so... Be, what would be the point if there wasn't? Exactly. Um, so I don't have that kind of self-control. I oh, could be yeah. watching an episode of New Girl and I'm like, what's the twist? What's going to happen? Like, I always want to, and I don't know why. I think it's because, I think, I don't know. I think I'm just competitive and I got to know what, I got to know before anyone else. I'm pretty good. I I get that way more about movies and stuff, but about books, I'm pretty good about just like, nope, I'm just going to, I'm just going to read this and see what happens. I'm going to see how this goes. But I mean, obviously, but obviously it doesn't bother me. Um, You know, 90% of Regency uh, romance all have like, it's a communication conflict. He gets mad and want to leave her and they work it out. Like they're all the same and I love reading them. You know what I mean? So it doesn't affect my enjoyment of the book, I guess. What did you think of, um, well, what? Here, I'll have to throw this out. I haven't read a fiction book written by a male author in a really long time. I don't. I, I can't think of. I, be, I, I know. I typically only read fiction by women um, to balance the fucking universe. Um, I'll read nonfiction by men. Like I'll read. I'll read them. So I wonder if that is like why that, that the but... sex scenes are so. They were boring and weird. Yeah, well, boring, but also like uh, weird. A woman would not agree to no, have sex. A woman like that. would definitely not agree to have sex like this. Um, like that's your fantasy because he's not the one with his back against a tree. Exactly. Fucking bark hurts. So I that makes sense. So in a way, that kind of makes sense. It makes more sense now if you think about it. I didn't mm-hmm. think about it that way. Yeah. Um. Uh, and and it kind of makes sense of how. So in my episode, in my notes, so Theo, while. He, you know, it's kind of like the like the, you know, obviously he's like the bad guy or whatever. But you're still like you try to like him because he's like white knighting through this whole story, and you're like, okay, yep, that's like that's a yeah. dude writing that making exactly. it exactly yes. Which I thought, yeah. Also, like the descriptions of Alicia during this are always like she was like a broken bird. She was like a blue, blue. like yeah. Just the way she's described, a helpless, like, needs to be protected, this, or even like her physical description. And then I'm reading. I moved on, and then I read a next book when it was written by a woman, and literally no descriptions of the female character and almost none of the male. And I was like, and this is fine. Like, I, no physical. I didn't know what the main female character looked like at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like the. It is interesting to read how women are described in books by men. 
because I'm just like, this is not important. Or like they're either, I don't know, because there were a couple of men in the books, right? There were like the, yeah. um, you know, his wife and Alicia and then the... And then a lot of men that weren't him, obviously, that weren't, yeah. him, that weren't Theo were like competi- not competition, but like a threat in a way. Yeah. Right. There was the other mm-hmm. psychotherapist, Christian, and then there was, mm-hmm. um, you know, Gabriel, and there, yeah. So it was interesting to see how they were. And written. and all the women are like flawed. Like they're all either like broken or they're or bitchy infidelity or, or yeah yeah. Or the other, like, therapists and stuff were mm-hmm. like, oh, well, she always, like, big stuff and she's always, yeah, or she's, like, really rude and mean and, like, oh, she's such a bitch because she's got such control of, like, Stephanie, the woman who was in charge of the unit. Yeah, it's just interesting. Uh-huh. And I was like, and it was okay. I tried to read a book a couple months ago written by a guy called The Rhythm Section and I got about i gave it a solid 70 pages and i just couldn't do it i see I, that you do that a lot and i can I, I the book can be absolutely horrendous it can be written by a 12 year old boy and the sex scenes can like i ha i have got to finish a book that i start oh no, no matter what and i like i mean i don't care if it takes me years like i've t- like oh till we have faces took me like six years to read that book and i only read it because i ran out of books in english in the middle of italy and i was like well shit i guess i can finish this book now you know <laughs> but i have to finish the book i have to no i couldn't i just couldn't stand the way he was writing this character i just couldn't i just but i still I have to finish it i'll still hate it but i still gotta i gotta know i gotta finish it it's gotta be done um. Oh. I thought it was interesting that both Theo and Alicia were like so um I didn't at least appreciate this, right? That both the male and the female were um like seeking were so seeking validation and love from other people right like they were they were um both just like so desperate for the approval of their significant other Mm -hmm. that it didn't really matter what that person did but in the end that's what ended up like killing their relationship or killing the other person yeah um I just lost my train of thought. I had a point in there when you were making that. Oh, actually, it doesn't go along with what you said, but it's just a separate point. Is uh, so kind of like a creative thing, and I don't typically like like not necessarily it's not flashbacks, but I don't like when a, a an author like re- relies on like diaries or like letters to like really tell the story. But I get in like this instance with like her like not really being like a speaking character for a majority of the book. I don't know how else you would have like really been able to yeah. tell things. But I, I will say like so I guess maybe this is different. But there are you know like sometimes like they just rely on like letters or a diary to really tell the story. Yeah, when it's I, just like I feel like it's no, a cheat code. do it. Yeah, no, I feel that way with like like voiceover can be that way in movies. Where yeah, you're like, no, actually act instead of just telling me what's going on. Right, and but yeah, I guess sometimes this is the exception because like, well, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I don't think it. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't to the point where you were just like, oh my god, you could have 
this could have been done in a different way or this yeah um, or like the book should have been called like diaries of a silent patient yeah or something. <laughs> yeah because it wasn't a ton it just kind of it was enough to like give you a glimpse into something but it the still the primary narrator was like theo and and like the diary entries were probably only maybe 30 percent like it wasn't yeah. a ton. right right yeah but yeah, but I agree I admit, with you. Sometimes yeah. you're just like, oh my god, if I wanted, if I wanted mm-hmm. you to lay this out of like, and then they thought this, and then they thought this, I like it's so annoying. Because there was there was the the one book I liked it, but I like had some issues with it a couple months ago. Like there was a, like there was a heavy reliance on like kind of like flashback letters and stuff like that. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I don't remember what book it was though. It doesn't matter. Um. But no, I did like this. I feel like we're being really critical of a book we both liked, but I think that's part of the whole, the idea. It's, I think like just because we like the book, there's still characters and character flaws in there that we don't like, but that's not because the book is bad. That's because the characters aren't supposed to be super well-liked, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. It was a good, um, I feel like this is always an insult, but it, I don't mean it as an insult. Like it was an easy read. Like it was a quick entertaining easy read like this isn't supposed to be like you know really like picking apart like you know some in-depth uh you know this isn't a history on uh psychology or anything like that you know it's supposed to be an entertaining quick read so me saying like quick read isn't an insult isn't like it's not complex it was just it was a good quick read i enjoyed it yeah i did too i think his writing style was good it was and you said this is his first book? Yeah, I'm 90. Are there any other books out? I would definitely sure. read them. No, I think this came out last year. I okay. think this is his first book. Okay. And his only one. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a good read. I um I like that um uh the the, the it gives you like a solid wrap up at the end. There's not like the cliffhanger like I don't like cliffhangers cuz I either think A it's Ugh, sloppy no. and you didn't know how to finish your book, B that and like you're leaving it open-ended a little bit that if you want to write a sequel later you can but you don't have to like it's finished enough or b or c which kind of tags along with a didn't know how to you didn't know how to wrap it up but more importantly when there's like a twist or something's coming but it never it's never fully explained it's just like well that was lazy like yeah it's like you had an ultimate twist that like wasn't really a twist because you didn't have to tie it. You didn't have to tie everything. Like they back don't. Up. They don't always feel fully flushed out. I felt like right. this one. This one was. was pretty fully flushed out. Like yeah. Okay. I mean, it doesn't it tell happened. you what happens after. It doesn't tell. But you can assume that you know he was. You know, obviously he was caught and everything like that. But you don't really know yeah. what. Oh yeah. But you like, can you can the, you can suss that out. Yeah. The detective showed up and was like, "Let me read this entry for you." Right. Mm-hmm. And it was like, "Oh well, got it." Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so like it made sense when the when the twist dropped and it was like, oh, that was him. Oh, Gabriel was the one his wife was screwing. Oh, he really was the guy that was. She was saying, "Got it." Like, okay, it it like connected the dots. It was. It didn't yeah. feel. It didn't like sometimes the twists feel like you didn't earn it. You just were like that. Yeah. Literally came from nowhere. How do you feel about his wife, like, not kind of, like, coming forward with, like, this guy that's dead and his wife's being, like, there could be, like, how do you feel about that? Like, her never admitting it? Yeah. Um, I guess after a dude is murdered, I don't know if I'd be like, oh, I was having an affair with that guy. 
Like, right, but, but I guess, though, I would I would have some guilt. Like, I was having an affair with this guy, and he's dead. Like, I would his have wife killed him. That. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, she was horribly depressed after mm-hmm. that. So for those, like, six years, she's been, like, horribly depressed. So but was she depressed I think because she... of guilt, or was she depressed because her lover is dead? Probably both. I mean... I would think it would definitely be strong on the guilt. This is why infidelity, ghost or otherwise, does not pay. Exactly. Right? Yeah, I would definitely be like, oh my god, his wife killed him. She probably found out. Um, Have we read a book this year that doesn't have infidelity in there? uh, No. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Is it really that strong of a... is Is that Disney's mom or dad or both are dead? Is that is that the go to is infidelity in books now? I guess like everybody's fucking around. Hmm. I don't know. You're picking the next one, so I guess you're. I know. I don't know if there's. Inf- I mean, there is a love story, so I don't know if there's infidelity. I probably. Everybody's fucking around. That's what uh, happens when you quarantine us. We start fucking around. Now. <laughs> ugh. But only no, you can't because you can't go out and fuck around with other people. So. Sorry. Um, did I didn't find her like her cousin character Paul or whatever to be overly useful? No, yeah. I was kind of like this is pointless for you to be here. The only thing he does is enlighten him about like oh yeah, her father was horrible and he like said horrible things. You know like why weren't but you that could have been done in a died? diary entry? Though. But that yeah, that could have been like she could have just been like my father said this during this time, but like he didn't, I didn't find that character particularly useful at all. Like, no, like him going back there. And I didn't also, I didn't believe that. So I wonder how that character made it through like an edit though. I know. Right. Because he, he shows up like, let's see, Theo talks with him two times or three times. And I was like, this guy is so, not see, when needed. I, so expect, and maybe I've just read. I, so like when a character like that pops up, I didn't think about this until you brought it up. But when a character like that pops up, that's when I get suspicious mm-hmm. in the sense of, but this, Why but, are you so here? this book, yeah, but not even that, not like for this, but like, so if this, like, so if this book didn't have like a bow at the end of it, I would be suspicious of like that character having another story about mm. like, yeah. you know, the same like psychological, th- like loosely related, but they have their own like plot. That's what yeah. I get suspicious of those like and it happens it happens a lot in romance novels. Oh, like yeah, everyone has a spin. All of a sudden, like, you know, his brother who's in the rodeo shows up halfway through the book and is like flirting with her best friend. And then he's gone and you're like, Why? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, See, I get gonna... that's okay. Yeah. That's those that's that's what happens, you know? Yeah, I didn't really see the need for for Paul really to right. show up because, like you said, like her her dad being like, "Why couldn't you view a died instead of your mother?" Which is a horrible thing to say. Um, like that could have just been revealed in a diary entry or something, mm-hmm. and then him like borrowing money from her, and that like nothing came of that. Actually, no, that was a dead end, and like it, so they were yeah, there was a little bit of like fluff there that could have been edited out. Yeah. Um, so I wonder, like, if there was, like, is that like a time concern? Maybe something was edited out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, and it wasn't edited enough because we still have these like loose, these like little twigs when when the branch was cut off. You know, but we need we just needed a clean cut. You know, those were missed. Like, was there like other little like avenue? 
and maybe they're there to make you to make you like suss out the wrong person you know what i mean oh yeah it's like a you know the the like try hard of like oh the first person you suspect is you know gonna die first this person you suspect obviously isn't the right person or whatever you know yeah so um i would say out of five what would you give this book Mm, i'd say like good reads had it a 4.08 i would give it i would give it a four out of five yeah i'll give it a four out of five it was a fun read i definitely recommend it i right you know i mean it wasn't it wasn't like i said it wasn't like a real like in depth of like the science of psychology or anything like that like it's an entertaining fiction like it's it is what it's supposed to be like don't don't yeah. expect it was just craziness a fun read. from it yeah I, it was I like enjoyable it. i was like reading and i stayed up to finish it which i always think is like a good oh yeah good recommendation you know it's like oh, oh, whole, like one more chapter cool. one more chapter yeah when you do that you know it's like interesting um yeah i really because like- the chapters did end with like one you like you know what i mean they, 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 the chapters didn't end with bows like you always want yeah you're always like oh okay like oh what is this um but yeah i thought the i thought it was interesting it was a it was well written um it was a first like i said it was the first fiction by man i've finished in years <laughs> i can't even think of one recently yeah. yeah, I'm going to go through. I keep a list of my books that I read. I'm going to go through and just like peruse. Real mm-hmm. quick. I'm telling you, it's a hard thing to do. So Alex, Mc, I've read like John Grisham books relatively recently. It's a, it's a hard That's thing a to get through. There's no like love stories in John Grisham books, though. No, no. but they are written for dudes. <laughs> but, well, they are written for dudes. Men don't write. I don't know women's books super well but well this they don't wasn't, this women. wasn't a romance novel no this either. wasn't a romance this was just a thriller but with men, a little romance ish in there that wasn't completely necessary they write women differently and uh it's hard to find a dude who writes a woman you know what you know what i think was helpful the diary? Is that she didn't talk oh hmm. now we did like get her internal monologue of course and but do you think your internal monologue represents you like you whitney doesn't it represent you as a whole your own personal internal monologue well it is my internal monologue um but it was an internal monologue of someone who see this is very interesting i would like to see if he could be successful writing reverse right writing a speaking woman and writing a woman who was not really fucking like quote-unquote damaged Mm -hmm. could you like a female detective or something yeah right like could you write a but she can't be a detective because like she was raped as a kid and exactly none of that bullshit she's just like her dad was a cop and she wanted to follow in his footsteps that's all you know what i mean because alicia was like super damaged and she was she had daddy issues she was constantly seeking affirmation attention and love she was not confident she was so really he didn't write any dialogue for her except for you know a tiny little bit at the end and then and a little bit in her diaries when she's talking to people but it was all her internal monologue and it was internal monologue of a person who was worried anxious you know what i like everything that you never stereotypical broken woman exactly exactly 
So you still like the book. I feel like we're being really critical and like. I know. Like, I really did like the book. Right. I really did like it, but. This but. is like the this is the like the deep down little like pebble stuff that we're gonna pick up. We love the rocks, but we're gonna pick apart the pebbles, you yeah. know. But he got to write the stereotypical crap that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean, and and yeah. So it would be very interesting to see him write a normal woman and see if he could do it because she's a hot mess and and like the stuff that she says and the stuff that she thinks is like not how a normal person would. Like, none of that is how I would behave or you would behave. And none of that is what we would say or do. Um, right. And so, yeah, he got to do all the cliches of, like, I'm a broken bird. Oh, help me. A broken winged bird that will oh, not fly. Oh, to save me. And I get to think all these thoughts of, like, ooh, does he love me? Oh, I don't want him to. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But he does give second her- book. And in, in, in defense of that, though, he does give her like intelligence of like she was able to suss out that he was the stalker. Yes. And was able to like come up with a plan to like not tell the whole truth just to see his reaction. You know what I mean? Yes. So she does yeah. like, he does give her like brains, not necessarily emotional intelligence, but just like she was able to like piece some interesting things together. I would say he, she is yeah. not emotionally intelligent though. No, she's definitely not. So yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. No. Oh, anything else? I can't really think of anything else. No. no. Um. So, do you want to hear next month's book? Yeah, what is next month's book? So, this book is... So, I picked this book. I almost picked a different one. Because once I, like, realized what it was. It's a British rom-com. Oh, my God. We're going to have three books in a row that take place. <laughs> All I right. I a different one. So, we're just a I British... Think- we're just a British book club now. I think we just lean into it. <laughs> Why don't I, I can pick a different one? No, do pick. it. I don't care. Okay. You sure? Yeah. All right. So this book is called uh, If I Never Met You by Vari McFarlane. I had to look up how to pronounce her name. It's Irish. That's why okay. I had to look up how to spell it. It's it's Vari, pronounced V-A-H-R-E-E, but it's spelled M-H-A-R-I-R-I. Sure. Okay. Yeah. But it is... Um, I don't have it in front of me, but from what I remember, it's a lady um, and she is a lawyer or she works in a lawyer's office and her longtime boyfriend partner breaks up with her and starts dating someone else in their lawyer office because that's what they're called. And that exactly person, that new person quickly gets pregnant and she's kind of like embarrassed, jilted. And so her and like the office playboy devise a plan because he needs to look stable and stuff for like the partners. And she wants to make her ex jealous. So they like kind of almost have like a, a social media relationship, like to make it look like him look stable and her like she landed the hot dude in the office. Mm. But I think somehow they end up falling in love. And part of the reason I picked this book is i believe again i'm not sure because i don't want to know everything right yeah i just know i believe that like part of this book i don't know if it's like the you know end all be all or if it's just like a side thing but it is a i believe a biracial relationship oh nice so i figure that's a different spin than what we've had if that's true i don't know that's 100 percent true again i didn't want to know all the details of the book but i think somewhere along the lines there's a biracial relationship in this book so it's maybe Cute. a different like societal issues and stuff like that maybe it'll be a part of it well if that not, sounds fun oh well. yeah that sounds nice yeah if i never met you 
I'm sure they fall in love and they live happily sure. ever after. And she gets the hot guy in the office. So there is infidelity, probably. I'm sure. I'm sure her first dude. I mean, I'm on sure her. her first guy is cheating on her with the other lady in the office, in the lawyer office, which is what they're called. I want to send a challenge out to our listener. <laughs> oh, yeah, our one listener. Uh, we have hey, a girl. I don't know who it is. Amanda or. Oh, we have a couple. We got, we got Linda and Amanda and. There is a Carolyn. place in Michigan. Ina, Michigan, and some several people or one person with six different devices. They like us. <laughs> listens, and I'm like, I don't know where, who is up there. Is that but... not your sister-in-law? No, because she lives far, much farther up. This is like, like honestly, I, don't know. I care more about like the people in like, like Sweden and all those yeah, people. I don't... Like, who is listening to this English podcast in Sweden? Israel. We have Israel. people in yeah. Israel. But um, give us a book that is romance based that is not does not have infidelity in it, ghost or otherwise. Challenge issued. Okay. Uh, Tiny Joy. Tiny Joy. I have been watching Mrs. America on Hulu, but it's an FX show. So if you don't have Hulu, it's on FX, and it's about. The Equal Rights Amendment uh, back in the 70s. And it's got Kate Blanchett and Rose Byrne and Nene Leakes and, uh, 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 oh shit, what's her name? She was a voice on The Simpsons, Tracy Allman. And it's just really good. Um, it's history. It, oh, it's got Sarah Paulson. It's got all these amazing women Ooh, in it. I love Sarah Paulson. Um, yeah, and it's it's about how the ERA came up and how um, all these, you know, how women all of a sudden started uh, Phyllis Shafley, Shafley um, <laughs> started lobbying against it. How Gloria Steinem and her a group of ladies you know we're trying to get it ratified and spoiler alert we're three states short still if you weren't aware uh and this was back in 1971 um it's a really good show it's just really good and there's five episodes out and there's four more to come three or four more to come so it's on hulu but it's out on fx every week and then pops up on hulu the day after mrs america i can't recommend it enough nice Nice. I'll have to check it out. I have not watched much TV in the past month. Well, yeah. Besides, like, background noise TV. Been a little bit. Um, Tiny Joy, Tiny Joy, Tiny Joy. I don't know. So, everything has been going on. Like, I went through um, pictures and, like, memory boxes and stuff, like, looking for pictures of people for memorials. And so, that was a fun. I actually, uh, I found something, Whitney, I have to share with you when we get off of here. Oh, yeah. So, that was pretty good. But also, I will say, so, I know this is going to sound like a weird tiny joy, but it really was. So, I wrote um, a eulogy for my grandfather's memorial. And um, I wrote it. It was a complicated, right? It's probably, and honestly, goodness, I think it's one of my single greatest writing achievements ever. Because uh, I wrote it for my cousin and I. So, I wrote I wrote one eulogy, switching back and forth from, from my perspective to her perspective. And it just flowed really well. People loved it. People laughed when they were supposed to. People cried when they were supposed to. And I, like eulogy and funerals and memorials are sad but the, the fact that i was able to write something and people laughed when they were supposed to multiple times i was just like 
I did a really good job. Oh, nice. I yeah. loved it. Like I like the jokes came through and people laughed. Like it wasn't like, you know, stand up at the Apollo, but like there was like, ha, you know what I mean? When they were supposed to. And it was perfect. It was well, great. Good. It really was. It was, it was like four pages. We got a lot of compliments, even like uh, the minister and like the funeral staff were like, oh, I've listened to a lot of eulogies and this is probably the best one. I was like, oh, I was, I wanted to be like, I wrote the whole thing, but I didn't, I didn't say that. <laughs> you were like, but I wanted to, it was my work. but I mean, that was my, but it was, that was a plan. Like she did other stuff and I was like, I'll write this, you know, and that's my strength. <laughs> my strength is not like doing other stuff. <laughs> so, yes. Well, that's good. I'm glad it went well. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I told you what the book was. Um, I guess. I don't have the, all the notes in front of me, so you can do all the socials with me. Okay. You can find us on Instagram and on Facebook, both at Platonic Life Mates or on our Facebook group at Platonic Life Mates Adult Lady Friends Coven. You can email us at Platonic Life Mate and you can find us at PlatonicLifeMates.com. Please feel free, free to subscribe, to share, take a little screenshot and share it on Instagram or Facebook because that's really the best way to share about a podcast we're really trying to grow and we just want to keep it going oh man listenerships are down for podcasts guys pandemics kill podcasts so share 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 (laughs) and don't forget to tag us in it so we can show you some love and that is it i'm tired i'm going to bed No, I have have a letter to read you. I know, I can't wait. It's going to make you laugh and maybe cry at the right time. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And we will, uh, I guess, see, I would say see you. I guess we will let you, allow you to hear us again next week. That was, that sucked. That was weird. All right. Bye. Bye.